Hi guys, today's topic is about something that you probably heard about but it's probably not clear to you so uh, I wanna like break it down again for you guys and make sure that it's understandable and uh, you can make use of this powerful weapon that is the usage of comparables. So what are comparables? Comparables are companies that are similar to yours under different perspectives as I'm gonna explain later on in the video. But first of all let me tell you why you use comparables in the first place you know what is the, the principle behind that right especially when it comes to the uh, to valuation theory um, so today uh, first of all today I want to focus more on uh, the aspect of comparables in setting your own milestones and your own expectations and assumptions in doing your financial projections uh, in valuation theory or when you do uh, evaluation like in a traditional way uh, comparables are referred to as those companies, those transactions or companies or deals uh, that are similar in size, similar for whatever company, industry, etc., etc. So you use the, the multiples, you can use the devaluation of those deals as a benchmark, right? Uh, truth is that the problem with those comparables in, uh, um, in valuation theory or the same valuation practices is that they refer to deals maybe that happened you know, a few years ago and the market conditions as we know change quite rapidly in nowadays economy so you know in some cases can even be questionable uh, just because of the time difference uh, if that is still comparable or not but anyway let's not talk about that today uh, let's focus on you know the comparables for your own uh, setting of milestones and uh, and projections so why do you use comparable companies uh, it's quite simple valuation and you know any financial plan and any plan in general you know uh, business planning is all about uh, making an, edu an educated guess about the future right and by educated that means that you decide a set of assumptions uh, that is the the most reasonable based on information you have today uh, to predict the future nobody nobody can predict with 100% accuracy rate the future but hey you can try to get as good as possible based on the amount of information you have so the usage of comparable is just a part of collecting and gathering that kind of information that helps you with that right um, why is it particularly important with uh, startup companies uh, because startup companies usually have little to no history so history cannot uh, let's say the track record of the company uh, cannot be a reliable source of information if you have a company uh, that is that has been existing for for long for a longer period one of the ways to predict the future with a level of, of certainty is using the past performance, right? But again, this is subject to the fact that the company has been stable over the past years and that that stability is uh, assumed to continue. So again, the lack of track record is not a deal breaker, not at all. Actually, if you ask me, too much of the financial knowledge and, and say the financial modeling out there at any level even the stock market is based on the history and as we saw like just a short of uh, 10 years ago uh, history can sometimes uh, you know be much much different what from what is ahead of us so yeah again you know that's an educated guess so use the, use the history as a way to um, somehow you know predict the future but there are other ways to do that right so do not take the lack of track record as uh, something, you know, a critical lack uh, because there are other ways to compensate that. So 
and comparable firms or comparables is one uh, one of the ways you can use and as I'm going to explain to you in a second that can be extremely insightful uh, also for you as a founder because in the end of the day studying comparable companies is part of uh, of the process of being a founder being a CEO and knowing as much as possible about the market uh, in which you're going to play right so before identifying some companies that are similar to yours and that you can use as a benchmark, uh, you have to identify the traits that define your own company, right? And there are five different um, features that, I that you should focus upon and you should have like a, a clear picture upon. And the first is the uh, geography, the country, the market conditions in which you, you play, right? Uh, this can be uh, okay Europe compared to Asia it can be developing countries compared to developed countries uh, it can be larger than your national borders it can be like a certain economic area uh, like it can be uh, an entire continent right so it really depends on the type of business uh, you, you have but try to have a clear understanding so if you are for instance uh, based in uh, or even if you're based in, in, in the Netherlands but you are acting uh, your, your business is focused on uh, Eastern Europe well try to learn and to uh, to focus about uh, on that market when when you are in the search for similar businesses right so get the market in which you're gonna play uh, right and try to understand the dynamics of that market because only with that you can understand similar dynamics the second aspect um, is you know, now we talked about the geography. The second aspect is more the type of economic sector, industry segment in which your company is gonna play in. You need to understand exactly uh, the field and the type of company uh, you're running. And that's, yeah, that's crucial, right? As any, any of you can, uh, can imagine. Um, if you have a, you know, a new type of, of, of business, right? Uh, can be something that is not even recognized as one of the sectors. Well, try to think out of the box, try to look for companies that are uh, in your same wave of innovation, right? Um, some years ago, you could, could have said, okay, we are in cloud computing as much as you may be focusing on the sector, sector of accounting versus somebody else that's focusing on the sector of uh, business intelligence. Yet, the type of innovation and the type of uh, dynamics that you are addressing are similar to uh, are similar between these two companies so those can be as much as they are operating in different type of markets they can be comparables or, or similar companies uh, try to use a little bit of your judgment here uh, and not necessarily stick to the label uh, that your sector has the third is the schedule development so I would uh, I would suggest to define the schedule development based on the type of funding, uh, let's say milestones that you achieved, you know, like uh, pre-seed, seed capital, so angel rounds, VCs, etc. I would say that's a good way to define a stage of development, um, and, and yeah, be be honest with yourself. So try to, you know, because only if you're honest with yourself, you're gonna be able to find the, the you know companies that are similar to yours. The four, fourth uh, type of feature that you should should get right is and it's very important is the type of business model you have and as, a, as you're gonna you're gonna uh, find out later you need to figure out if you're a SaaS company versus a uh, 
corporate corporate sales company, so B2, uh, B2B with large deals, or SMEs oriented with uh, uh, annual licenses uh, versus a marketplace type of model. Try to be extremely clear, and this is uh, based on your price structure, as well as on the type of product and service you are offering. But it's extremely important that you identify your business model correctly, um, because otherwise you're not going to be able to find comparable firms. Okay. And the final one, the final one refers to the type of demand you are serving. Um, let's make an example to explain this aspect. There could be the case that um, you are uh, serving customers. Let's take the example of Equidam. So it can even be that a comparable company to Equidam are firms that are innovating in a field which is related to ours. So we know that valuation is uh, has implications also in legal. So it can be the case that uh, if you take the M&A for the M&A sector, we are innovating on the side of the calculation of the valuation, but there are companies maybe that are innovating on the size of the deal management of M&A activity or on the side of um, on the legal aspects of the, the deal making, right? So we are all serving the same type of demand and that has the, the same type of uh, dynamics and occurrences. So those firms can well be uh, similar to ours, in this case, if we take Equidam. Uh, for the type of uh, the demand that they are serving. So that's what I mean by demand type. Okay, so now we identified who we are, right? So under these five um, traits, as I described them, there may be some others, but at least these are the, the most important to, to me when I do this type of job. Um, second step is identifying the companies. And I would say there are three tiers of comparables, similar companies, they should focus upon. And the first is the most intuitive direct competitors. So the aspects that are the most important here, and I'm sorry I have to read that, are uh, the geography, uh, so the market you're serving, the, um, the business model they have, as well as the, um, the demand type. I was about to say uh, stage of development, but no, that's the other way around. Uh, stage of development should not be an issue when you're talking about co the direct competitors and the reason is quite simple. If you have a direct competitor that is later on in the stage, let's say that you are a very, very stupid case, you are copying Amazon for some reasons, well, Amazon is a direct competitor, competitor of yours, well, fair enough, and they have much more track record, you know, they're even a public company, so that's a perfect case to take the history of Amazon and say, well, we are going to replicate that kind of history and we are going to uh, we can set milestones for ourselves that are similar to Amazon, even though Amazon is pretty extraordinary. But well, you know that if Amazon in the fifth year of their existence had that type of turnover, that's probably the best you can do in five years of your own existence. Why? Because they were really pretty exceptional. So it's a good way to learn and to know where the you know the the unicorn scenario is, where the, the max is, and where not to go beyond. Because if you do that, well, there is no investor that's gonna is gonna believe that, right? So direct competitors, the first step. What I suggest you to look for uh, when you talk about direct competitors and you know where, well, you can even look at uh, companies that are doing something very, very similar to yours in geographies that are similar to, uh, to the one you're acting in. So if you are, for instance, developing a new type of, let me think about some something, a new type of 
um, mobile phone provider in, uh, in a developing country where before there was none. Well, I can even use a similar business that did something similar in similar economic conditions in another developing country. That can well be a good example. So direct competitors, first tier, uh, first choice when it uh, comes to comparable firms. Second tier, companies with similar business models. And I would say here, it's very important that you select a company that is public, so it's somehow listed in the stock market. Why? Because uh, comparable business models are important, especially to set financial ratios. So, you know, if you, if you are a public company, then you, have, you are required to disclose your financials on a quarterly basis. It depends, but minimal annual, but probably on a quarterly basis. And this is a type of intelligence that you can use to see uh, where your company can, you know, what is the average uh, that your company is gonna kind of reverse, revert toward when it reaches maturity, right? Um, if you are in a SaaS, a SaaS business, for instance, that is serving SMEs and is serving a, a type of cloud technology that um, has a mid-tier price, so it's not like the 10 euro per month, but and it's not like the 100, thousand euro per year there's something in between well if you can use HubSpot for instance uh, that's one of the case the, the, the examples I usually uh, take um, because HubSpot is purely a SaaS company with recurring revenues and they are uh, they have been public already from 2012 I think so there is lots of information you can use also about like the recent years um, to see what are the financial ratios in terms of uh, revenues growth in terms of uh, recurring versus non-recurring revenues in terms of extra costs uh, sorry extra services next to the uh, recurring revenues uh, cost for acquisition cost for retention etc 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 right so you can just take that uh, and use it as, as a benchmark for yourself right the uh, third and probably lower quality kind of tier are companies at your same stage of development it's important that they are in your same geography. Why? Because you are probably gonna, or, or in the geography of your potential investors. Because you can use this type of companies not because they're similar to you in terms of business model or in terms of um, maybe sector, but rather in terms of funding size. If you are pre-seed and you show that in your area there were other companies that raised capital, you can show them, okay, there is activity, so there is like capital flowing into this, this type of company, this stage, and uh, the average investment is X. Um, so it, it can be like a good way to convince investors that they're not totally um, out of the market conditions by investing as early as you are, for instance. There are other, other, other situations, but I would say, you know, this, this is mainly to show investors that um, you know what what's reasonable out there for the stage of development that you are at okay so now we reviewed uh we discussed the three tiers three quality tiers of companies so again direct competitors comparable business models and comparable stage of development the next step is what to look for right what do i look for i look for data i look for numbers i wanna i wanna see uh financial ratios i wanna see uh, milestones in terms of it can be users, can be revenues, can be uh, product shift, can be transaction value. 
numbers that you can use to set your own milestones. Uh, for funding, funding information is, is quite public and it's available out there uh, in, in the sources that we'll mention in a second. Uh, so you can find out how much a company raised, and this is important for a uh, tier three type of comparables. So if you have a company that is in your area, they're also like pre-revenues, for instance, and they raise 100,000 euro, but you can say, well, you know, there are other companies, much as we are in different fields, raised 100,000 euros. So that's really like a, a benchmark that you can use with your investors, right? Um, yeah, historic growth, historic uh, milestones of the company, anything that can help you to set your own uh, benchmarks and that is measurable. Keep in mind that those measures can be a little bit overstated for marketing purposes, uh, but usually I would say those are pretty reliable uh, numbers, right? Because a very rarely company in its reports, as much as it can be marketing, but they try to stick to reality. Right? And the final piece of the puzzle is where, where to look for this kind of information. Well, you do not need to buy like expensive subscriptions to data providers because the truth is a lot of data providers don't have good quality data. Um, and other data providers, they, everything they do is simply scraping the web and looking for, for information and they can put in a nice dashboard. So you can well do that, but unless you are a kind of investor or let's say a VC firm, you probably won't because it's too expensive for you. So it doesn't mean that you cannot, you cannot possibly do the research yourself, right? So I like to start from Google News, uh, sorry, from Google Search and the section News. Um, with that, you can find like uh, tons of connected articles. You know, you can like uh, find information in every article. You can find company PRs. You can go on Crunchbase for funding information. You can go on AngelList. You can, uh, you, you can even find some SEC filings if they're based in the States. So, you know, there's quite, quite a lot of information out there. Depends, of course, on uh, you know, how you know, the size of the company, but hey, uh, the more you read, the more you're able to, uh, to defend your own uh, assumptions and, and create, well, set your own benchmarks. So I, I would say this is a very, very effective way to, uh, you know, slowly and, and you know, methodically um, find the information you may need to set your own benchmarks and then defending them in front of investors because as we said also in other videos, evaluation is as good as the story behind that and as defensible as that, right? Uh, the better you can explain why you made certain assumptions, the more likely you are to convince any reader being an investor, being a company, uh, uh, a buyer of your company. So it's all about, you know, using some data that you found out there and then in the end of the days, it's up to the other side of the table to take that or not. But hey, if you did your homework, chances are he, she will take it. So I hope this guys, uh, hope, yeah, sorry. I hope this helps you guys. Um, and uh, I'll see you in the coming week in my next video. Take care.